is the e-commerce coffee break the podcast dedicated to shopify store owners who want to optimize their business for maximum conversions and revenue each week you're going to get actionable advice and hear from special guests talking about various topics on how to run a profitable business on shopify learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host klaus lauter and get e-commerce insights you can't google welcome to the show Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce coffee break. Today, I have a very successful Shopify merchant with me, Billy Price. He is the co-founder of BillyFootwear.com. And we want to talk about his journey starting as an entrepreneur, getting an idea, and he has become very, very successful what he's doing. So after five years, his products are on the shelves of Nordstrom and Zappos. And interesting enough, he's also in the upcoming Ghostbusters movie. So I want to learn a little bit more about this. So let me welcome Billy to the show. Hi, how are you today? Oh, I'm wonderful, Klaus. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're welcome. Billy, give me a little bit of a background. Where did you get started with e-commerce? What got you into it? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, so I don't know. Well, it started with the need, really. Um, I'm a wheelchair user. That wasn't always the case. I broke my neck when I was a teenager. And uh, I had a challenge. I mean, I used to be able to put my shoes on and uh, I no longer could. So because of that, um, I was always having someone else do it for me. And truth be told, that bugged me. <laughs> so I teamed with a buddy and uh, we kind of put our heads together to come up with a solution to overcome that challenge. And uh, the solution we had um, ended up working for me, but we kind of took it and coupled it and, uh, you know, really hit the market and uh, it's been it's been going pretty good. Okay. Obviously, always a good start to come with a unique so solution that helps a lot of people. In your case, obviously, having this very special um, solution for, for footwear. Uh, what got you then into setting up your store, getting to a broader mass? What was the first step to get into market? Because that's usually the most difficult one. No one knows you, you have a solution and then you need to get started. How did that work? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, for us, it was a matter of getting teamed with the right people that uh, were door openers. They weren't the ones that were get us into these stores or get us, uh, you know, directly success. But what they did was they ended up being the ones that got us in front of the right people so we could have the conversation and kind of express our vision, express our mission, um, show um, our prototypes and whatnot, and then just kind of describe where we wanted to go. And, uh, There was a gentleman that joined our team. Um, he was a shoe dog uh, for many, many years. And, uh, you know, he had contacts within Nordstrom. He had contacts within Zappos. And um, we just ended up getting in front of the right people and telling the story and talking about how, like, okay, I, I, I broke my neck when I was a teenager and here's our, here's our shoe. But it's not a situation where it's only meant for me. It's not like you need to have a disability to qualify yourself to wear the brand. We wanted to be able to root our brand in universal design as well as inclusion and be able to sit on the shelves of major retailers. And, uh, but also someone like myself that needs a functional shoe, they could also be successful with the product. So I don't know, it was, it was a lot of interesting stories, a lot of interesting conversations, and we really got a lot of people intrigued and they gave us a chance and uh, we ended up succeeding. And then that success in individual stores ended up propagating into more stores with more retail partners. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in finding out, did you have any background in creating shoes? You know, good question. Me personally, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, my my co-founder, um, Darren Donaldson, 
he, uh, you know, he actually challenged himself. He wanted to do something that he had never done before. He just kind of had a wild hair and uh, he loves shoes. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to try to figure out how to make a shoe. So he took some classes and got connected with the right people to be able to make a prototype, got connected with the factory and uh, started his own little shoe company, kind of a little side project he was working on. And uh, he and I, we've been friends all of our lives. We rode the bus together going to school, but our paths kind of separated. And then we got reconnected. And when we were catching up, he was telling me about his project he was working on. And uh, it just gave me the opportunity to say, like, you know what, Darren, since being a wheelchair user, I've never been able to put my shoes on independently. And I said, I bet if we put a zipper in a shoe where it goes on the outside around the toe with the old upper folds over, me with my limited hand dexterity and my challenge of shoving my foot into a shoe, I bet we can make something that I could take back that independence. And he was intrigued by it. He said, okay. He made a prototype and lo and behold, I put my shoes on from the prototype that he made. I was 36 and I broke my neck at 18. So it was half a type, half a lifetime later that I was taking back that independence. And the moment was really so special that we knew we had to share it with the world. So we started small and uh, we got a lot of people on board and a lot of people been really excited about it. And then they would tell other people and the power word of mouth, just all of a sudden this small Seattle brand was starting to reach all corners of the globe. So it's been really, really exciting. Okay, no, that's an amazing um, story that you came to. I'm really interested because I know a lot of store owners that first question is, I have an idea. I don't know how to start with it and how to get it. So prototyping obviously is a huge thing. How difficult was it for you or for your um, business partner to get into this? And how long did it take from the first initial idea before you had a product that you really could put out into, into the world? Well, you got to have patience. You got to have patience and uh, realize it's going to be a tough grind and not quit. I mean, when Darren and I had that conversation, it was December of 2011. And we formed our little business of which we didn't really know where it was going to go in February of 2012. And we finally made the prototype in 2015. And we hit the shelves at big department stores in August of 2017. And then it was really off to the races. So It was a long time. So we've been at this thing for over 10 years, but really we've only had traction over the last five. And, uh, but man, like it's just been, now it's to the point where we're having a difficult time keeping up just because of the rate of growth. And uh, I think it's also important to realize that when you're starting a business, it's really, at least for us, it was a side hustle. You know, we, did, we didn't have the ability to step away from our day jobs until 2019. So we were working on this project, every evening and every weekend. So we do our day job from, you know, from nine to five and then work on this thing on the side. So, um, yeah, it's going to take some work and you got to really get connected with the right people. And, uh, I mean, and you're going to fail. I mean, we fit, we've had some epic failures, but it's interesting how every single one of those epic failures ended up being an opportunity, um, for something bigger. You don't necessarily want to celebrate failure, but you got to recognize you are going to fail and you just have to make those failures a failing forward, not failing backwards. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think that's the wise words of a proven entrepreneur. Um, I know 99 race on how to fail and one how it works. <laughs> so, um, so you need to be prepared to, to take the pain if you want to be successful. When it comes to growth and scaling, so at some point you, you got the traction, you got into the stores, you got your online store. How did you grow your team? Obviously, now you have about 20 employees, if I'm not completely mistaken. So that's already quite a bit of a team. How was it for you? How, 
the experience for you? How kind of pain points did you have to grow a team and how to decide which one, which position to take on board in which kind of order? You know, we've been really fortunate. Um, every single one of our team members. So you're right. We have 20 people on the team right now. We actually just hired a 21st the other day and uh, it's all been internal referrals. So it was already somebody we knew we've never had to go outside of our, our own network. Um, but you know, to, to, to build a business, I mean, you really have to sacrifice a tremendous amount. At least, at least we've had to. So all revenue that was coming in was going directly back into business. So we couldn't overhire. So essentially we were wearing all the hats. I mean, Darren and I wore all the hats for many years. And then we brought on um, the, our, our sales guy who had all those contacts. And then that was our third person. And that was the three amigos for another couple of years. And then we brought on... Um, you know, our, our finance person that really could do the numbers and really do it well and figure out different ways that we could pay things and like manage the cash flow. So it was kind of a responsible growth in that way. But it was just a matter of wearing as many hats as possible um, just to let the business survive. And then we finally got to the point where it's just like it came down to bandwidth, like being able to keep up with like the customer service questions coming in and actually getting orders out the door. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think every business is a little bit different in that regard, but I think really at the end of the day, you just have to keep sacrificing as much as you possibly can until the business is in a responsible position that you can responsibly hire other people um, to bring on to carry the load. Mm -hmm. Now, we have been all in the last two, two and a half years in a unique situation when it comes to normal life. Um, how did that impact your business? Was there any kind of backslash or how did the pandemic Yeah, so, so uh, with COVID and social distancing, um, it, it did have an impact on our business for sure. Um, obviously, everyone, been, everyone became much more frugal just because of the uncertainty of what was going on out there. It didn't necessarily affect our direct sales to our e-commerce platform because everyone was at home. So everyone was going to the internet to buy a product. And then we had the ability just to fulfillment staff, which is really the only staff that we still um, had in the warehouse. Um, to be able to satisfy those orders. Everyone else, the rest of the staff was just working remotely because this business started as a side hustle and we were working out of our own homes anyways. Um, it made it very easy to pivot um, to back to that type of, that type of arrangement. But the, the real place we saw the impact was in the, the B2B, the business to business relationships, because all those box stores that had people coming into those businesses you know, they had to shut their doors. So all that stuff came to a screeching halt. Um, factory with manufacturing, um, that was somewhat problematic. We just actually really got lucky the way our, um, the way we manufacture, we received two major deliveries every single year. So we had just received deliveries when the factory shut down. And then we were just about to receive deliveries when the machines start back up. So we were really fortunate in that regard. I mean, that was just totally dumb luck. Of, uh, of how it timed out. But uh, I don't know, we rode the storm. And it was interesting because our projections for that year, or actually for both years, we ended up meeting our projections, not even knowing COVID. I mean, we had no idea COVID was going to hit. Um, it was just a matter of the sales really slowed down. But then when people started getting more comfortable with the new norm, um, the sales came roaring back. So our third quarter and fourth quarter were well beyond what we ever could have imagined. And we actually ended up the year meeting our goal, which we were really scratching our head how that worked out. 
Okay. Now, talking about e-commerce, talking about Shopify, when you got with your products online, what, what's the process there? Was there a learning curve? Where did you have to tweak or where did you got into problems? Just tell me a little bit on your e-commerce side of things. Yeah, no problem. So when, when it came to our e-commerce store, we actually had a store um, you know, up representing BillyFootwear.com, but we were not selling shoes through that store. What we were doing was we had all of our retail partners up on that store. So everyone, everyone, every time we had a customer come to our site, we were directing them out to our partners because we figured if we were going to survive, we needed to have the business to business relationship really strong. We needed to support, we needed to support our supporters first before we started stealing any of their market share. And uh, once it got to a point where we felt it was strong enough, that's when we actually turned on e-commerce. So, um, that worked out really well. I mean, it worked out really, really well because it's in the shoe business, it's really important to have those business to business relationships because you have all these shoes that come in from the factory. And if you have those business to business relationships, as soon as the product lands, it's immediately going back out the door to these stores um, to fill their shelves. So one, it's important for their customers, but two, it's tremendously important for our cash flow to be able to get that stuff out immediate sales um, those wholesale sales um, to put, you know, money in the money in the coffers to be able to fuel the machine. So um, we didn't really have any problems with the, the e-commerce side. I would say the only the only challenge we've had with the e-commerce side is not being able to keep up. You know, we have these we have sales every once in a while, and when that happens, we get a tremendous amount of traffic, and it's all we can do to be able to all hands on deck to be able to get those orders out the door in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. Who's your perfect customer? Obviously, people who are handicapped, but is there other audiences who, who's buying from you? Yeah, so our market is really for everybody. I mean, the, the brand is really inspired by my own story, being a wheelchair user. And we have a lot of customers that use the shoes um, because of the functionality, because of that kind of, uh, I guess, adaptive nature of with the, with the zipper and having that unobstructed entry. But the truth of the matter is everyone loves a convenient shoe. So me being a parent of a three-year-old, you know, <laughs> that kiddo can put his own shoes on now and get out the door very quickly. And we as parents can help him with his shoes, get him out the door quickly. So yes, it has that adaptive characteristics, but, you know, we have just as many customers that just use the shoes for the convenience. So we, we really like to think that uh, our customer base is everybody. Okay. What would you recommend as a seasoned entrepreneur for somebody running a side hustle or thinking about running a side hustle, where to start? What would be your best tip on that side? Wow. Well, I would say I really encourage mentorship. Um, if, if you, if, if you want to be a, a shoe business owner, yeah, find someone that's in the shoe business. If you want to be some sort of like open a gym or something like that, you know, buddy up with someone that owns a gym. I mean, just learn from the people that have walked this path before you. And uh, because when you fall in their footsteps, I mean, you're really building on the shoulders of giants. Um, I have sought and I've, I've gleaned so many valuable lessons from through mentorship. And, uh, you know, it's really set us up really strongly, um, you know, to build a to build a viable business, but also understand that you're going to fail. We all fail. But uh, failure doesn't mean you're going backwards. Failure means you're just learning a new way not to do something. <laughs> No, makes total sense. And then it's obviously it's a rocky path if you go into entrepreneurship and as I said, you, you learn as you go. You can't play, 
plan anything or you can't plan in advance as far as you would like to. So for you personally, you said you're in a wheelchair. Were there any challenges of being disabled or was this just as for anyone else going through the startup business, basically? Oh, I mean, yeah. So being a wheelchair user, I mean, there's definitely more challenges that you're getting through your day than, than that is a, an evil body, I suppose. But at the same time, it's like everybody's got challenges. I mean, we all got our baggage. Um, in terms of it being more challenging to start a business as a wheelchair user, I, I don't think there was any, I, I don't think that impacted that whatsoever. Um, so, I mean, so there it is. I mean, it's, it, it's been exciting to be able to have a real story that, uh, you know, led to the foundation of this business. Our business is all about trying to add value. We want to make a measurable difference in the world one foot at a time. And we really want to be a brand of more than just a brand of success. We want to be a brand of significance. So we realize we have to do that through community. We realize we have to do that by, you know, truly building lifelong relationships. So I would say that going through my rehab that I was in the hospital, it was, it was really trying. It really was. And after I got a rehab, it, just, it wasn't like things magically got easier, but I'd say through that struggle and through that, you know, endurance and perseverance and like grit and just like determination to do something bigger than myself that really set us up well for building a business because we're just not going to quit. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Either you're already hardened up or you will harden up when you do a business. One final question I have, what got you into Ghostbusters? <laughs> oh my gosh. Ghostbusters. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing was we ended up being in two movies. Uh, one was on Netflix called we could be heroes. And another one was Ghostbusters. And it was the strangest thing. Um, within the same week, just two production companies reached out. We didn't advertise at all. Just two production companies reached out, both wanting to have product for their movies. And we said, absolutely. I mean, we're just dumbfounded. We're like, well, how on earth did you find us? And uh, I mean, they bought the shoes, they paid for shipping. And uh, all we had to do is say yes. So um, I don't know. I, I, we, didn't, we didn't prospect any of that stuff. It just kind of worked out that way. Okay, so there was no elaborate PR strategy to approach movie production companies. It, it just happened out of the blue, it, basically. It just happened, I and I'm I'm thankful it did, but I I, I can't explain that one. It just uh, just one of those great things. Yeah, sometimes you need to be lucky. Excellent, Billy. Where can people find more about you and your brand? So our website is billyfootwear.com. Uh, that's a great place to find all about the brand. We have retail partners all around the globe. Um, on that website, there's a, a tab that says store locators. You can click on that. You can see, you know, dots all around the planet. Um, on social, we're at, at Billy Footwear. And that's for Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, TikTok, the whole gamut. Excellent. Cool. Coming to the end of our coffee break. Thanks so much for the chat. I think it was very insightful to see how you got a very long and resilient way to become what you are now today with your company. And I think it gives a good idea for somebody who wants to start on which things they need to focus. So thanks so much for that. Yeah, my pleasure, Klaus. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. 
Hey Klaus here. If you're a Shopify store owner and you're feeling stuck, overwhelmed and not sure what to do next to grow your business, you struggle to convert traffic into sales or turn website visitors into buyers and you want to like have direct access to a mentor who can assist you with your store strategy, offer, marketing, sales and anything else you need, then I would like to invite you to apply for my Get Conversions program where I show you how to remove the guest work out of growing your Shopify business and create clarity to optimize your business for maximal growth and profit. It's a application only program to apply go to my website klauslauter.com to learn more and finally please do not forget to subscribe like and comment and i would be grateful if you would leave a quick honest rating and review over at apple itunes it's a huge help and allows me to reach more people with the podcast thanks in advance and until next time at the e-commerce coffee break